This week in Baby Quest, we answer all the big philosophical questions like why and huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leah. Hey Leah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I I know everyone's dying to hear about my big mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's give a let's give a little update and then we'll do the actual podcast. Okay, my thing is so not important. It's not even part of the actual podcast, so don't worry, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, my mental health has been up and down still. Good days and pretty rough days recently. Yeah. And it seems to be correlated to work. (laughs) Well, I was going to say mostly triggered by baby stuff and baby appointments and baby dates that just recently passed. But also, I mean, and it's coming through in my normal, like old fashioned going to work Mm -hmm. anxiety. Uh, So I had an appointment with my doctor this week, and I'm back on the brain medicine, actually the same stuff that I was on before. We're going to give it a month, check the doses then. And so I'm actually, I'm pretty happy about that. And she agreed when you, like, explained all the things that you were thinking about and going through. She was like, yeah, that is a lot of stuff. (laughs) It is a lot. There has been a lot going on. Work has been, I think I already talked about it on the podcast, but... Work has been stressful. The vaccine clinic yeah. situation has been stressful. Well, I mean, stressful because you were given another thing to do at work every day, and your team is already only two and a half people. And you already have more than enough to do the two and a half people that are on your team. And then you were given another very large project. Yeah, the podcast audience is not you, so I'm not going to vent about, like, the specifics of my No, I know. Work. I'm just, like, giving a little background. Like, it's not just, like, oh, you're helping with the vaccine clinic. It's that, like, before this, your team was already understaffed. Hmm. So there's all that, all the baby stuff, the Now, did you Eliza feel stuff. a difference? So, like, this week for me, once we hit 29 weeks... I did notice my anxiety drop. Maybe a little? Okay. Maybe. Like, I noticed a pretty big difference. I still have... So, as that one drops, I think the anxiety of actually getting closer to having the baby and getting stuff done is going up Mm. steadily. But then there's also, you know, gestures broadly, everything going on in the the world. world. (laughs) Uh, there's been a lot going on in uh, the United States of America recently. We had like a happy day though this past week. We got to watch the inauguration. So honestly, that I didn't think. So uh, we did watch the inauguration, and I didn't think. No, that... wait. Was this the first inauguration you've ever watched? Well, I definitely didn't watch Trump's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I've. I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't think I've watched any live before. See, I know, like, yeah, okay. We didn't watch Trump's, obviously. I know I didn't watch Obama's. 
Uh, and then before that, I think we were, or at least I was of an age that like, I was barely interested in Canadian politics and mm-hmm. definitely wasn't interested in U.S. politics. Right. So this was the first inauguration that I've ever watched. It was a very, it was very interesting. So first of Do all, they always happen outside is what I need to know. What? Yes. Why are we doing them outside in January, folks? I checked the weather. It was a little brisk. Well, it's it's kind of like a parade thing, and usually everyone can come out and see and hear. It's mm, the idea okay. that all of the people get to show up and be part of it. Obviously, that was not the case this time. Um, but uh, what's his name? William Harry William Henry Harrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is he a he, president? <laughs> he was a president, and he had a super long inauguration speech. Yeah, and he got sick because it was so cold out, and he died. See, maybe we need to change inauguration day from January to I don't know May. Yeah, it's like not why how it works. is it January? Well, because it's like the new the new year. I think kind of start the new year off i think all right weird anyways not the point of the podcast no i think what's more weird is that the presidents start on odd years not even years that's the weirdest thing a little weird so we watched it uh surprisingly emotional we got emotional we were not together at the time nope we were were just (laughs) texting each other being emotional (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was great. And it was, it was actually, I was really surprised to feel like, like this, like weight lifted. Well, yeah. And like to, I don't know. I was surprised to feel any emotion besides like, oh, this is kind of cool that I'm watching this. Like I started crying when the vice president was taking her oath and I was like, I'm not sure why I'm crying right now. (laughs) Yeah, it was really important. Like... (laughs) Before... I mean, I think especially as a Canadian, I was particularly confused. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, before it all happened, I was very much in the camp like, there are so many security risks here. Why aren't they just doing it over Zoom? Everyone in their own separate bunkers kind of thing. <laughs> but then seeing it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's they do it because, like, this is really important. And, like, yeah. everybody needs to see this. Yeah. So that was cool, and that felt good. Uh, things aren't fixed. The work is just starting in America. <laughs> we have our own problems in Canada. But it, I don't know, it did feel nice. It was good. Lady Gaga was there. That was great. Yeah. So anyway, I'm on brain medicine again. And we're going to hope that it helps even things out, and that by the time Clementine arrives, you're a little more... Chill. Chill. Yeah. We don't actually have any real baby news this week to report. She's been... No, I had what I call um, a bonus appointment this past week. I say that it's bonus because I saw my doctor the week before, and right now I'm at appointments every two weeks, but I asked to have an appointment this week because it's week 29, and I was like, I need it to, like help with my anxiety to get through this. And my doctor very kindly agreed. If you haven't listened in a few episodes, or if this is your first time, Eliza was born on... At 29 (laughs) weeks. At 29 weeks. And so that was our big stressful milestone of totally arbitrary stress. Yeah. 
and Clementine looked great in the ultrasound. I got to see her practicing her breathing. She was like opening and closing her mouth, which was really cool. And the ultrasound tech that I had, she had a student from a local college with her and he's obviously like doing a placement learning how to become a tech and they asked like is it okay if he like does part of the scan and I was like obviously it just means I get more time to see my baby like who's gonna say no to that and they mentioned that like I'm a very good candidate or like patient for students to learn on uh, partly because I'm tiny and Clementine is like a little bit on the bigger side and she's very active so like all of those things make it easier for students and they thanked me like several times during the ultrasound and I kept you know politely saying like you're welcome and then finally I was like wait do like some people say no that they don't want him doing an ultrasound on them she said yeah and they I think they think or assume that it's because he's male and that's why people are telling saying no and I found that so alarming like so (laughs) alarming and crazy I don't know I just I mean I'm a person who's had a lot of medical procedures done so the idea of somebody looking at my bare stomach is like the least invasive thing that I have ever had done probably and I'm a big supporter of like students and that they need to learn and if you want to have kind compassionate knowledgeable medical professionals they've got to learn at some point and so you gotta let them in the room like whether they're male or female or like their gender shouldn't matter Also, if you're about to have a baby, which, you know, at the hospital in the high-risk OB clinic, most of the women there or people who are having ultrasounds there are, yeah, you don't always get a lot of choice about, like, who's going to be catching that baby on the way out. Mm -hmm. Like, it might be a person of not your gender. Like, (laughs) that's that's just what might happen. Yeah, so I found that very interesting, and I... I think it's probably fairly common in the obstetric world that males are treated a little unfairly, um, especially if they're not a doctor, if they are a nurse or other medical professional. I think they don't get as like the same respect. I don't know. Just another way that men are being held back by the matriarchy again, yet again. Yeah. Come on, people. Men's rights. Let's go. Uh, Anyway, so that was my experience from this week. Yeah, that was interesting, actually, hearing about that. And it was, yeah, it was, like, very surprising to me. But But besides that, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So we wanted to talk this week. This is the thing that I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's been sort of pinned as a topic for the podcast for a very long time. Right. And that is the ethics of having a baby Mm -hmm. in the year 2021. Yeah. 
So, like, basically the question is, is it okay to have a baby because of, as previously mentioned, gestures broadly? Yeah, well, some things that, you know, you could potentially consider as reasons to not have children would be climate situation, political situation, and then also the idea of racism, patriarchy, and (laughs) colonialism. And how those will affect your child, raising your child, opportunities for your child. Mm-hmm. So we read this article. Yeah. So Leah sent me this article that she found this week. And I found it because two of my friends commented on it on Twitter. And they were both like very interested in the topic. Uh, so the article is called, Is It Okay to Have a Child by Meehan Christ? Yeah, from March 2020. Published in the London Review of Books. Yeah. So this is not a review of a book, though. No. So we read the article. Well, I read the article. Mike slightly skimmed the article. Whoa! I'm just truth. Okay, it was very, very... It's a very long article. Link in the description, by the way, if you want to read it yeah. and check it out. So just... My take on the article, not necessarily on the subject of the article, mm-hmm. pretty long, about a good 60% of it is just talking about uh, how bad the climate uh, crisis is, and so pretty bleak in from that perspective. Yeah. And then a little bit about, is it okay to have a baby? Mm-hmm. So what was your, was that your only takeaway from the article? No. <laughs> no, I mean, there's lots of interesting things in the article. So, I mean, before we get too far into it, spoiler alert, I think if you're listening to this now, you probably already know whether or not Leah and I think it's okay to have a baby. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, I didn't really consider any of the... Uh-oh any of these things as reasons to not have a child. Um, we definitely talked about this kind of stuff before. We talked about it, but I don't think... You just ignored it? Ignored me? No. I just think my desire to have a child was greater than that. And I think that... And that's kind of what I was thinking about while I was reading this, that I think, I think like maybe articles and this topic is important to discuss but I think if your happiness is going to be affected because you decide to not have a child because of the climate crisis I don't know if that's a good reason for you to be unhappy for the rest of your life right yeah. and like that's what would, would have happened that. if I if we had said no we're not gonna have kids my happiness and my like enjoyment of the rest of my life would have been greatly affected. Well, I think that it's, I mean, for me, I've always, you know, imagined myself having kids and I think it's just for me an important part of the human experience. Yeah. And do I want five kids or 10 kids? No. No. But I've always wanted one kid with, like, the open possibility of two. Mm. But, um, 
So I guess talking specifically uh, about the article. I mean, I will say when I was younger, I wanted four. Yeah, that's too many. Then, you know, life happens and, you know, you realize like, oh, my medical situation is going to make having four children difficult. Oh, you know, we didn't get married until I was in my last year of my 20s. So Please, we got time for three more if you want. Nah. So, like, oh, that, like, changes the, you know, you, it's like, and I think many, I'm going to say women and, like, uh, I don't necessarily like using that, but many women feel this, like, time crunch of, like, I've only got so many years, and I definitely felt that. I mean, I still feel that. Hmm. Also, I know everyone is screaming at their phones right now because I said we could have three more, implying we only have one child. Right, no. I'm talking about... Living children. Alive children. Yeah. Eliza counts still. You know that. You listen to this podcast. You know. Please, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of biosex males feel a little bit of the opposite of the time crunch, but... Yeah, it it can be kicked down the road further and further because my life is cool right now because I have video games. (laughs) Um, Right. But that's sort of a different topic, I think. Yeah, maybe something that we will. We'll come back to that. We'll do an episode on the like difference between that we've experienced in our relationship between me as a woman saying like this needs to happen like yesterday and Mm. you as a male saying, ah, we could wait another five years. So speaking of things that have to happen yesterday, the climate change is my number one fear in life. Like it is my biggest worry. It's my number one political issue. Yeah. It's it is a very big deal to me. And thinking about what Clementine is going to grow up in and live in is very scary to me. Like I am afraid of that. And I am afraid of her judgment in the future. <laughs> She's going to be asking me, why didn't you do more? Why didn't you drop everything and just commit all of your time and resources to trying to fix this if, you, if you're if you so afraid of it and like if you believe it's such an important thing? And these are questions that like I struggle with every day. Mm. So bringing a child into this like really uncertain future has been kind of a a stressor yeah a bit of a stressor for me but obviously I, i feel like it's one of the things that i'm worried about it's not like the thing that makes me not want to have a child it's one of the things that i'm worried about for my child yeah that's fair what i gathered from this article is that A lot of pressure has been put on individuals to do whatever we can to fix the climate crisis. And so, you know, there's kind of like the top four things they say you can do, which is eat a plant-based diet, which we do a pretty good job at. I do a really good job. I do an okay job. Oh, take fewer transatlantic round trips by plane per year. Which, considering the last time we were both on a plane was 2017, we're doing a good job at that. Yeah, pretty good. Planes are very bad for the environment. Live without a car. We are not great at that. 
So I'm surprised at that. So she just kind of tosses these. Uh, well, they're <laughs> from the article. I don't. They're from another article. Yeah. So it's like an article inception, but with I don't have those numbers in front of me, and I'm surprised that Carr is ahead of either of those two other things actually. And well, it's in ascending order. Yeah, so Carr is more powerful. Yes. To, yes. <laughs> in terms okay. of climate impact, and have which is which is kind of goes against what I've heard before from other things, but whatever. In the scope of this list, you're reading, and have one fewer child. Right. One fewer than whatever you were planning on. Exactly. So, like any any amount of children fewer is going to be the biggest thing you can do to yes impact the environment yes now now they also like this article does spend a long time talking about the population of the earth and that like many countries are not like are in a separate crisis of not having enough people sure sort of yeah like, I mean, Canada is one of those countries that we rely on immigration to keep up our population. And especially as we are entering into the years where the baby boomers are going to, well, have started and are going to now rapidly die. Sorry, mm. spoiler alert, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like not, we're not replacing our our population but like that's okay right well it makes it tough it for affects a while. your economy <laughs> and your i know but industries and see i don't know i don't i don't buy that as much i know places like japan has had a really extreme aging population problem because and china like so that's that was something else that they discussed that like there are countries that have put very strict population controls in place and you end up like it ends up not going well is like what we found out you know specifically notably like China when they put the one child rule well they put a one child rule in place and then didn't provide adequate resources to like actually help people prevent themselves from having more than one child so there was a ton of like accidental second babies that were put up for adoption because they could parent like families couldn't afford the fine that they were going to get from having the second child and so they would just abandon these babies and also yeah but that's not what would happen no like you don't know i'm just saying disastrous effects from a rule that was put into place and also they had they china was a is a country that and i mean i think many countries are this way that like you want a male to carry on the family line and so now they have this problem where they have a whole bunch of men yeah who can't find wives. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what if everyone in Canada decided to have one or maybe two children. Yeah. No. I know. But, I like, you be, just, like, you have to... I don't think the th- economy would collapse or anything. I think we would be okay. 
Okay. But, like, putting those rules into place, you have to, like... No, forget rules. Forget, like, you know, sterilizing people and at gunpoint and stuff. (laughs) Just, like, everyone in Canada decide. Everyone who's having children in the next ten years... Just decides. Just decides. Okay. I don't think it would be that crazy. I don't know. See, that's I was going to say Japan is having a problem where, like, the aging population is so heavily outweighing yeah. like, the working population that they're spending all this money, like, their whole economy is going towards taking care of old people right yeah. now. Yeah. Which, and that's a problem, but, I mean, that problem is not going to last forever, folks, unfortunately, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think things... I don't know. I, I don't think it's a big, big problem to basically just replace yourselves by having two kids or have one fewer child than that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would make the world worse. I think it would probably, over in the end, make things better. You still need to provide resources then in order for that to be feasible. What are you talking about? Like... Yes, in Canada, birth control is fairly accessible. Yeah. But that's not the case around the world. So if you're asking... I I, I'm not asking anyone to do anything. I'm saying in Canada, everyone decides this. I think Canada would come out fine. Okay. You still... Every country in the entire world, yes, of course, there are lots of different challenges in all different places, but most of it... Like, that's, that stuff is solved by having better health care, better maternal fetal medicine facilities and things like that. In- yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That it's not just, like, you can't just ask people, right? You have to, like, provide the resources that make having only one or two children possible. Well, what is it? We follow the careers of John and Hank Green very closely, and they're doing a lot of work with maternal fetal medicine in Sierra Leone. Partner With partners in health. And they talk a lot about how when the amount of education and facilities uh, for having healthy babies and having mothers survive childbirth... And having children survive their first year of life. When all of those things go up, the, like, the the number of children born goes down because people don't need to have children nonstop in the hopes that, you know, some will survive. Yes. And just education about everything, contraceptives, health, everything goes up. So these are solvable problems. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I just think you can't just, like, say, like, oh, well, we're going to decide as a country that this is going to happen. Like, you need to have other resources Yeah, and I mean, this is, where, this is where nothing gets done to fix the world without government and corporations right now, unfortunately. And the onus is not on the individual to fix climate change. It really is up to government policy. That was like a huge point in the article. But I think also at the same time, nothing happens without everybody. Oh, yes. Getting involved and doing their part and whatever, whatever, whatever. If 
everybody became like if if the whole world became vegan tomorrow a lot like a huge chunk of the entire climate change problem would be you know you'd write that right off it'd be gone yeah because most of the food in the world goes to feeding uh livestock yes and a fairly significant amount of greenhouse gases come out of the butts of livestock <laughs> but more than that it's like the deforestation to for the grazing and all so on and so forth yeah plus you know killing is not nice killing animals since they they have terrible lives and suffer from birth to death um that whole part's bad too but so the very but so that so all I'm saying is like the actions of the individual you know it is important too but saying you know having like Shell or BP or whoever come out with these ad campaigns like oh look you can you can turn your lights off to save the earth it's like okay or but like you guys could be doing more than well, and that's I have the, the ability to do that's the thing right you know. The reason why these fossil fuel companies aren't is because to go green isn't profitable for their stakeholders. And ultimately, they're a company that is responsible to their stakeholders. So they're not going to promote green initiatives because it's not profitable. Well, now we're going to talk about capitalism <laughs> for the next, how long we got? And like... Yeah, know, yeah, capitalism and consumerism is such a big problem too. And it's just, it's run wild. But again, like there is government a, and legislation and policy... Yes, could... Could fix Could that. change that, yes. You just have to stop electing idiots <laughs> and start electing people who want to do things things yeah yeah the thing that i found most interesting and i started laughing and you looked over at me while i was laughing and i didn't say anything because i wanted you to get there too Mm -hmm. uh is that in 2005 a fossil fuel company created the idea of personal carbon footprint right and they basically deflected the responsibility of the climate crisis from fossil fuel companies onto individuals and even created, I mean, there's multiple like now all over the internet, but like created like calculating your carbon footprint and like mm-hmm. these calculators so that individuals can figure out like, oh, how, how bad am I doing? And like, what can I do to make a difference? And I just found that like <laughs> very funny and very ironic that like, this idea was given to us by a fossil fuel company like yeah (laughs) i know no it's very bad and evil and i drive a car to work and it kind of drives me crazy that i have to do that every day and yeah i can't afford an electric car so we can't afford an electric car and we can't afford to live in a neighborhood where you could walk or bike to work walk or bike to work uh because it's too expensive to live centrally in our city yeah because like really anywhere in our city right now but we got lucky buying a house five years ago yeah and we do have public transportation here which could be better for sure but i mean it's not this is my 
this is where it becomes a me problem where I would die of an anxiety attack and just die instantly if I had to get on a bus. Well, okay. No, I've seen you on a bus. You wouldn't die. I almost I almost died. You made it out. You would probably go to work every day dripping in sweat. Mm. And you may or may not vomit on the bus. Oh, no. Absolutely. And this is a me problem, and it's... Yeah, but it's also, like, that ends up being, like, a health problem, right? Like, it's the same as somebody... Like, it's the same as any health condition. Like, oh, I can't do this because of my health condition. Okay, well, then, like, what's the other option? Mm. The other option for you is you drive yourself to work every day. Still not great. Still sometimes... (laughs) experience very bad anxiety Mm. so it's not like you know you're being selfish i don't think no i know i've saved so many cows and pigs and chickens lately so i i can't feel bad about anything in the last two years two years yeah we're getting there yeah people can change can i just say this while we're sort of on the environmental topic i don't usually like to brag about how great i am for being a (laughs) vegetarian and sort of uh aspiring vegan i'm trying to find all different vegan things to 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 go that way firmly vegetarian wading into the vegan waters is where i am right now and it a couple people who know me have been surprised by this and if i'm ever asked like oh isn't it like annoying or hard or what do you what do you actually i think a more people are surprised that it's you and not me. No, 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 because I have, like, empathy towards <laughs> other le- living beings, and you don't, so it's not surprising. But the, the thing about switching to plant-based food is it's not hard. It's actually the, for me, this is just for me, it was actually the easiest thing to do because... The hard thing was like living my life in a way that I felt deep down was wrong. Like Mm -hmm. I knew the whole time that it it was going against what I felt I knew was right, you know? Okay. Preventing, well, just, it's all ethics. It's all ethical reasons, (laughs) no matter how you want to describe it, for the environment or for the suffering of life. Yeah. And that's just my little plant-based rant i guess i will say it's much easier living your life in a way that aligns with your own beliefs basically rather than yeah doing something that you don't feel good about just because it's normal right i I do want to say that i am the one that does like 95 percent of the cooking in this household yeah, but that's only because I work until like I get home and then because you're of our schedule. It's a scheduling time thing, not yes. a I don't like to cook or I'm a dumb man thing. No, no, you cook. You're but so I do like part of me does giggle when you're like, oh, it was super easy for me when you're not the one that <laughs> cooks the meals. Are you saying that... I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. It's harder to it, cook plant stuff than meat stuff, because I think it's Cooking the, the actual 
meals. Yeah. No. It's like about the same. Really? I think it's, I find it like simpler. Mm, no. <laughs> okay. um, about the same, maybe a tiny bit harder. Really? I do find that like I really had to change the way I shopped. When we were eating meat, I would just buy whatever meat was on sale at the grocery store. We often bought meat that was like 50% off and would freeze it. And then I would just make sure there was like vegetables or side dishes stuff in the house. Mm. And kind of, I never like had a plan really. It was just like, oh, here's some chicken and here's some whatever vegetable and here's a side, right? And I would just like, yeah. it was a lot more of just making sure I had staples in the pantry, freezer, fridge and winging it and this is not a knock against your cooking but i think we eat i think our meals are way more interesting now i mean they probably have so much more variety are more interesting it's because i've like had chicken to, breast and rice four times a week or whatever because i've had to like look up recipes and honestly we have our, i mean we keep our staples now they're just chickpeas and beans and quinoa and rice and, and tomatoes and then a bunch of vegetables and like we usually have that stuff and could throw together a, like a chickpea bowl or whatever yeah 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 i just like it was a big it was a big shift for me as the person who like normally makes the grocery list plans the meals and cooks like mm. it was a big like m- mental shift well speaking of all that i will defend myself and say that i do like you know i'm, I'm fine to cook and make the food and stuff when i don't cook which is most weeknights for sure i do all the dishes so i'm yes helping. oh yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Doing nothing but the one thing i'm really bad at is meal planning and leah is like obsessive about it so she ends up planning all the meals, and I I don't because I'm so bad at that, and I can't even think like a day and a day ahead. Like, how could I know what I would want to eat tomorrow? That's crazy talk. Right, and like for me, that was meal planning, which I'd never done before. We started eating vegetarian. I would just like pick something every night, basically. Um, Meal planning was the only way I could wrap my head around it to say, like, these are the recipes I'm going to make this week. I look through the recipes. I make sure that everything we need is going is like on our shopping list or we already have it in our house. And then like that was the only way I could see to like cook this way. Now that I've done it for two years I could probably be a little less neurotic. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because really, like, we do have a lot of the staples, like, in our house most of the time. But now I'm so used to it that, like, I don't know. So, yes or no, is it okay to have a child? <laughs> I think if you want to have children, you should have children. Yeah. I think... That there's definitely going to be uncertainty in the future. We have a, but like, a guess very, what? very... Every other generation also had uncertainty. Okay, you talk now. Well, I'm just saying, sorry. I didn't know I wasn't allowed to interject. <laughs> Oof. 
Yeah, no, there's always been uncertainty. Um, except the weird thing is that every generation has been more and more prosperous than the previous one until us. And so where's the line going from here is kind of the question. But I, in, in most measurable metrics, the world is better now than it ever has been, right? In terms yeah. of in terms of most most things like people are living longer so 2020s were the pandemic that probably you know putting a little kink in all the graphs but yeah it's gonna cause a bit of a dip in yeah most measures of like as far as i'm aware health metrics globally poverty globally Life expectancy, crime. (laughs) Crime rates are lower than they ever have been in North America, for sure. Yeah. Like, we're doing okay. We just got some problems at the top, and they're very, very big problems. But I think that we're going to need good people to continue to solve them and continue to work on them. And that's why I think we need to have some more good people. Yeah. You know, it's either you believe in the human endeavor or you don't. Right. And it's, I don't know. I mean, if you don't, I don't know how you, like, get through the day. Like, I don't know what you're doing, basically. Yeah. I don't want to say, like, so I know several people in our age bracket, so young-ish people, who have said, like, oh, I, like, I don't think I can bring a child into this world. I don't want to have children because of these issues that we've discussed. And I, like, I really try and put myself in their shoes. And I think, like, wow, I must be, like, super ignorant and not really understand what's going on, which maybe I am. Or I must just want a child a lot more than they do. Or you believe in you know, the potential for there to be good in the world, despite yeah ex- external circumstances. Yeah. External circumstances is not the right thing to say, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I don't know, that's all I've got to go on, really. It's just, not like assuming things will fix themselves, but I think that it's worthwhile for us to try. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think we can have a kid. Well, good, because, like, in about seven-ish weeks, we will. Sick. (laughs) So this has been our uplifting podcast. Well, I don't know. It it should be. I don't know. It it kind of, like, that's kind of the whole idea, really. Yeah. The article was very bleak for the most part that we read. It comes around at the end. We just keep calling it the article because I forgot the name of the author. Meehan Christ. Christ? Christ. Christ. I don't know. And I know our podcast is normally totally light and fun. (laughs) Never talk about any serious subjects. Yeah, no. But yeah, this is just, I don't know, this is one that I think about a lot and I I think it's just kind of an interesting thing to think about i guess yeah and i'm glad we've settled the debate once and for all so everyone go out there and have more kids if you want if you want and if you're able to yeah and or i don't know or don't is the other option do whatever you do you do whatever i guess yeah 
Now we're just trying to be nice at the podcast episode, despite definitely having strong opinions on well, the number of children people should have. But we're allowed to have opinions. Yeah, and we're also allowed to not, to kind of, you know, tiptoe around them to not alienate our listening audience. And our friends. <laughs> and our personal friends. So yeah, let us know what you think of this subject if you want. This is one that I'm interested in hearing from people. If anyone has any feedback on this, yeah. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at babyquestpod or Twitter or send an email. Twitter's babyquestcast where you can see a picture of the shelf. Ooh, oh, you put it on Twitter. No, but I just said I will, so I'm going <laughs> to have to now. We installed a shelf in the nursery today. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, did we? Didn't we? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I was just talking to someone right before this podcast about the shelf. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't give a shelf update. This is the most important thing. Okay. Well, we'll do this at the end. All right. So today we... Put up the shelf. Put up the shelf in the nursery. The, the famous shelf that we've been talking about for weeks. Have we? Yeah. All right. And we assembled the stroller. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. There's not really much to it. it no, I mean, you had to put the wheels on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the tray. Yeah, the the adult tray or whatever. The parent tray. The parent tray. <laughs> um, But those were like, I, I feel like big steps for us mm-hmm. in preparing for the fact that, like, we're probably going to be bringing home a baby. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was good. It feels good to, you know, knock a few more things off the list. We hung up some artwork. Mm, right. And we did attempt to put up some other shelves, and it it's not you and your handiness skills. It's the shelf design, and, yeah, it's the shelf design. It's not me. It's the shelf. Really, the main culprit here was the terrible, terrible drywall anchors that I have. And I used them a few years ago and, like, got really frustrated because they were just absolute garbage. I don't and remember I put them away, that. And then I put them away. What did you use them for? I don't remember. I don't even know if it was in this house. And I put them away and got them out this time. And I was like, oh, I remember not liking these. Haha, <laughs> oh, well. It's what I have. I'm sure it'll be fine. And they're just so bad. And so they just made like big holes in the wall and fell out instantly. So that's where we're at there. So I'm going to have to do a little wall fix, I think. And also find some proper drywall anchors. It's It was really annoying, though. Yeah. It was so annoying. <sighs> anyway, that's the whole podcast. Yeah, we did it. Thanks for listening. We haven't we haven't asked for reviews on iTunes in a long time. Well, not iTunes. That's not a thing anymore. On Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast service you might be using. You could do Rate, that. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you feel like it. That might be a fun thing to do if, you've yeah. got, if you're bored and you have time. An even more fun thing to do would be to, like, let someone know about this podcast existing. Or if oh, you've got... got- if you've got friends in like a little group on mm-hmm. on Facebook for local sad parents or whatever, you know, whatever. We, we got a very nice shout out from the Butterfly Run on Friday. <laughs> yeah, what a big shout out. 
I was uh, we were featured as their Friday podcast. It was very nice. Thank you, Butterfly Run Ottawa. And I only laugh because until like a month ago, you ran that account, so it doesn't seem like <laughs> a big deal to me. But it's it it is. It's very nice. Because yes. you have nothing to do with it anymore. No, because you I'm... You've shunned them completely. I haven't shunned them. I've taken a break because I'm focusing on... Having a baby. Having a baby. Yeah. Thank you, Butterfly Run Ottawa. Yeah. It's very nice. It's super nice. Now we've got... Well, that's good, that's good for at least ten to 15,000 uh, new listeners, I think. Maybe we'll get some new listeners. Welcome. I hope you didn't start with this episode. Please go back to the beginning. It's going to make a lot more sense. All right. Well, we're going to talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. And I love you. Bye. This Week in Baby Quest, we answer all the big philosophical questions.